Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. So we love our third Thursdays. We get to chat with Lee Brovadani. She is known as the Trust Architect. She's a speaker, she's a workshop facilitator, and uh, she is known as one of the top thought leaders on trust by the organization called Trust Across America. She's also an author. Two of her books are Trust Me, Restore Belief and Confidence in an Uncertain World, and Trusted, Secret Lessons from an Inspired Leader. So for all of that, you can go to thetrustarchitect.biz, check out her articles and all kinds of good things on her website and learn about her workshops her seminars speaking and all of that and her books obviously you can also learn more if you go to blendradioandtv.com we've got a lot of her articles and past podcasts on there but lee is also if i use the word transition that's pretty good for this is a transition into becoming what she says she is a soul journey doula she is an end of life doula so today we're going to talk about the balance between trust and the necessary things about trust is huge to have a end of life doula in your life at the end of your life. And we're going to talk about what is an end of life doula, because there are so many questions right before we mm-hmm. start recording. Nancy's already asking, well, can I have the preacher? You know, can I have my, my priest? Can I have my bartender? Like, you know, <laughs> all of those things at, at, at oh, my end of life way. party. Nancy wants her bartender for rum and cokes before she goes. Yes. Sorry, I know oh, that yeah. for a fact. I'm on an on your way rum and coke. Yeah, you know. So I know what to tell them to put in your intravenous bag, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's fun. That, that's, I want to go into all the details of what an end of life doula is, but I want to know, you know, you work, you, you've done work before you became the trust architect. Uh, obviously, you're a mother, you're a wife, and You've done so many different careers in your life, but one main thing is emotional intelligence. I think that is going to be the the foundation and caring and commitment. Oh, we're going to the five tenets of trust, aren't we? Um, So trust gets into um, inconsistency. So you have to keep showing up for your person at the end of life. Um, All of what makes, you know, a trust architect makes a soul journey doula so tell us what in a just a sentence or two what an end of life doula is and then why you decided to do that as a change okay because you're doing both yeah actually i am i'm i'm transitioning as i help people transition so (laughs) i know you know the good word a lot of it had to do with um my previous work and I I kind of feel like there was a lot of things that lined up I was with my dad at his end of life and I was petrified absolutely petrified I'd never been around a person who was dying before and this wasn't just a a person that I was doing work with this was my dad yeah and I it it was actually quite beautiful it was Mm -hmm. such a privilege to be with him Mm. And see that, and and we were really fortunate because it was a very peaceful transition that he took one Mm. big exhale and he was gone. Mm. And there was a charge in the room. It was this very 
spiritual energy. And if anyone knows me, I am um, not like religious, but there was something in that room mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was just so beautiful. So that there was that experience and the experience of when my mother passed, I, I couldn't be with her because it was during COVID. I was living down in the United States. She lived lived up in Canada. And by the time I got the information or my my brother called and said, it's not going to be long, I wouldn't have been allowed to go up because mm-hmm. of all the rules and regulations. So there was all kinds of things lined up, problems with my daughter. And, and I always did meditation. And I, I thought... Um, I know that our relationship will heal and, and I felt really confident and it has, but what about those people who die with all of their regrets or there's no one there to hold their hand, who would be there to hold their hand? And I thought, so I, there's the doula helps people come into the world and make sure that everything is arranged. And I wondered if there was a doula, the same kind of role. I didn't expect it to be called the same thing. I wondered if there was a doula for the end of life to make sure that everything was arranged so that a person who was passing could have the best possible care and the best possible Hmm. scene as as they transitioned um, from, from living to dying. And so that kind of set me and I went, that can't be a thing. I absolutely thought, well, this is crazy. And then I found out it's not, there's a whole field and it's growing. Now I see it all the time. You know, it's like, now I never heard of it before. And now I'm watching a television show and the protagonist's girlfriend is a death doula. And I'm thinking, holy crow, it's just becoming, I'm hearing it more and more and more. Holy crow. I, oh my gosh! I, I am trying to clean up our language, Miss Lisa. I know, I like but that, that was a Canadian. That, okay, that's that's not like, just Canadian. I haven't said that in years. Listen, <laughs> I just interviewed a Canadian, and she said at the end of the day, and I went, "Oh my gosh, we haven't heard that for a few months." Lee, mm-hmm. get back on the show quick. But yeah, <laughs> holy crow! I have not heard that for a long time. But holy don't, crow! Don't do that, but it is. It's it, it's that's the kind of thing. Like you know, a, a close friend is pregnant then everybody's pregnant every you go to the store every, you're seeing pregnant people well, it's everywhere. a new notice you know yeah, you start noticing it exactly yeah. mm-hmm. it's a new notice you know it, but this, because but, there's so much to see where yeah. you go know that you pick and choose what you want to see now it's like oh now you suddenly mm-hmm. notice because mm-hmm. you've been primed yeah. to notice. And, and you know as far as the death doula like there's so many misconceptions i i have uh, a cousin who had a, a health scare and I said, well, you know what, you know what I do, like, maybe we should have a conversation. And she got very terse and said, I'm not afraid of dying. Oh. And I went, well, that isn't really what I do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's, like, I think that um, someone mm-hmm. said, oh, you, you help people. Someone said, thought that I helped arrange all of the um, medical assistance in dying, the maid. So it helped to arrange kind of the, the um, when people choose to die, if they've got a terminal illness. Well, no, but I can help find all of those, those all of the um, information so a person can make that decision. But I don't encourage someone to do anything. But I can tell you that after 
I work with people, and I've done this with a, uh, when I was going through my practicum, I talked to people how afraid were they of dying before we went through the work that I did with them. <laughs> and they, one of the women was at a nine. And after we went through the whole process, see, that's where you can hear the Canadian in me, the whole process, she was <laughs> at a three. She was no longer afraid. And a lot of, I think, of what we're afraid of <laughs> is the unknown and not having everything arranged. But yeah, there's there's a lot of things, you know, we make sure that um, the relationships, we, we can help heal some of the relationships. And for those relationships that can't be healed, perhaps help that person get the closure that they need so that mm. they're in a peaceful place. Well, this is know, this is a big deal with what you're talking about because when we're born and then get through childhood and into yeah. adulthood, then and then midlife it starts the fear, the real fear. We have a little bit of fear when we're a kid, like teenage, yeah. But when we start doing are business, usually fearless, you know. Yeah, they're fearless. They're like screw you. They don't believe you know? they, they can die, yeah. and they know ev- and they know yeah. everything. We don't know anything, but then you get, you get, you you get brimstone has done damage. Yeah. There's a fight. There is a fear of how you're living your life. Are you going to go to hell? Because like what Nancy's talking about, there's some of that. And that's a real thing, depending on your religious Mm -hmm. beliefs and spiritual beliefs. And, Mm -hmm. and everyone believes what they want to believe. This is not a place of any, do what you believe in. As long as you don't hurt anybody, don't bring that fire to someone but you know what I mean but um it is about everybody has beliefs and things in life can slow you down you could have a life that you were on a great track and then things happen to take it away and now you're fearful you could die now and you didn't live your life it's like oh did I screw up or maybe you really did screw up maybe did something bad can you reclaim it so I think there's this running line of fear that we all have as adults and some mm-hmm. bigger and some smaller, depending on our growth, our life, it's it's just the way it is. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to, nothing is, it's like looking at art, listening to music, reading a book. Everybody has their opinion according to themselves, their taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may love an amazing rock star, uh, rock song. Lee, you go, that sucks. And I'll look at you and go like, what's wrong with you, Lee? That doesn't make <laughs> sense, right? Like Nancy says, Eric Burton is the best. I go, no, he's not. (laughs) I like this dude over here. And she'll go, yeah, he's all right, but not as good. It doesn't matter. That's, that's a taste. And it's, um, everybody is entitled to be individualistic and be their own soul of who they are. But fear still is in there. And so I think that is a huge thing of what you do is, now when it's getting closer, some people just kind of succumb to it and become numb. There's like a comfortably numb thing, like Pink Floyd, sorry, going back to music. Or are you going to embrace the next adventure? You know, yeah. because I'm fascinated. I I don't want to go right now, but I can't wait to see what's on the other side. I'm yeah. excited. And if it's a dull thing, I'm gonna, it's going to so suck. So that Morrison song, break on through to the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 So can we both agree that he was good? Like, oh, yeah. Morrison. Morrison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He yeah. is one of the best. 
Yeah. No. no, no I, just, I, I didn't know if we could be friends. I just needed to clear oh, that. Listen, listen. Come on. Listen. Jim Morrison, are you kidding me? I can quote just about everything. Yeah. Don't even. And is, yeah. are we going to do Jim Morrison versus Eric Burton? I think they both held the stage well, but oh, I no, think Jim Morrison. They're, they're almost Ooh. the same. Oh, the same. She's being kind. Finality time. She loves Jim Morrison, though. Yeah, I love both of them. Okay. So, so this is so what, what I would be able to do is I would work with you. And what are this, you know, like what is the track soundtrack that you want to listen to at the end of your life? So, it, um, oh, cool. Doula does all of the things. This is the end. Yeah, well, you know, it's <laughs> interesting because someone said, Well, I don't need a death doula because I've got a, a, a directive. And that, doesn't always that what's a directive yeah so a lot of times people will put a directive together and they will say here's what I want at the end of my life here's so it's not really a will it goes a little bit further so you know um there's the term do not resuscitate now there's a new term that I like a lot better and it's and and it's allow natural death because heck Mm -hmm. yeah if if I was in the water and I you know people thought I I had drowned and they were able to get the water out of my lungs then I want them to resuscitate me so I don't want to absolutely but if all I've seen um people give chemotherapy to people who are in their 90s and there is absolutely no hope and so that would be um allow natural death at a certain point, you know, so there's everything from what is the death that you want? And as a, as a death doula, I can't um, write the will, but I can make sure that the the will that I can find the person to do it for you. I can't administer the medicine, but I can find the nurse who can. So I can't do all of the pain medications, but I can find out what is it that you want? Because some people don't want to have too much medication because they want to be fully present. So you find out all the needs and you try and make sure that you're working with the family because I've seen too many families who say, no, keep them alive at any cost. Yeah, that's... And yeah, and if I'm working with a person who says, no, I'm ready to go. I don't want to be on this planet anymore. I'm not going to take chemotherapy. I'm not going to take their drugs. Let me go peacefully or the other, like it's, it's all about doing the wishes of the person who is mm-hmm. dying. Mm-hmm. Not so with that, my with will. that, with that, I, I wanted to ask, because when does somebody call you and say, okay, I need help. Is it always people who know, okay, Hey, I'm getting elder here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm in my eighties. I should start thinking about stuff a little bit seriously. Or, I mean, what happens? I mean, people just die out of just boom. It's it it unexpectedly. So there's none of that. So when I mean, do people in their forties should they start calling you and saying, okay, so where where is the where is that where people should contact you? Obviously, if you know you've got cancer and it's right. you know so pretty terminal much diagnosis way, would be a yeah, good thank you a good time to call me. Even if they are able to live for another two or three years, we can help arrange things so that things are 
kind of taken off so that the worry platter that a lot of us carry around, all of the what ifs are dealt with. Mm. And helping people leave a legacy if that's what they want to do. I, I talked to one woman and she said, what I want to do is I want to take all of my VHS tapes that I've done of the family over the years and make a video for each one of my kids. Cool. And I said, like, I got cool. actually, yeah, it's a cool idea. But I said, mm -hmm. okay, how many VHS tapes have you got? And she said, oh my gosh, there must be a hundred. And I said, and how many hours are on each of those tapes? Mm. And she said, so conservatively, let's say there's four hours on each VHS tape. Wow. And I said, so four times 100 is 400 hours that you would have to sit mm. and watch. And then you would have to have the technology that was wow. like cut and put everything together. And if you've only got three months to live, is you, do you want to spend every waking moment on the VHS tapes. And she yeah. went, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. So I can get that practical mm -hmm. and say, so you want to leave a legacy. So perhaps you can divide them up and give each of them some of the tapes. And now is there something else that we can work on? So we put together a photo album that mm -hmm. had pictures and then she wrote a letter. So that was something that she could do in mm -hmm. a day do a photo album yeah. and a letter for each of her kids. So even to that point, like people have sometimes grand plans on what they want to do. And I can say, maybe help them with that image mm -hmm. and bring it into something practical that actually gets done. Mm -hmm. So yeah. all of that. And then um, if I, you know, be there to hold their hand. Mm. Or if I'm not, if, if they've got family around, letting the family know what they could do. There's so many lovely rituals. There's an anointing ritual that at, at the very end of life, you can have them do the, the ritual where they actually are blessing the person. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's something that even the children mm. can participate in. And it helps with the closure. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Right. So is that part of it that you're helping the family as well as the individual who's transitioning? I absolutely can. I absolutely can. Mm -hmm. So so when should you get in touch with me if there's a terminal diagnosis or you just want to be really prepared? And then, you know, um, hopefully if someone says, well, I've got three months to live and they've only they only live a couple of weeks, then. You, you never know death is kind of sneaky that way mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel like you know we we've lost a couple people as you know abruptly people yeah. that you just would never like healthy people that don't drink as much wine as nancy and i you know we're going oh my god you're the healthy people you what and and we're all yeah. still reeling and still don't understand what happened and either and i think it's very hard for friends and family on the other side if they still don't get mm -hmm. it there's no closure it's very disturbing yeah. um you still go like what you know what I mean so I feel like mm -hmm. in a way that there's something about when you're ready to you know when you're ready to rock like if you start having you have a family and kids that you should start thinking about your life at that point I know our follow-up conversation um, yeah. And next month will be about living your life, you know, learning from a death doula 
Um, I should, I did, I did just say that, didn't I? I'm not supposed to. End of life doula, sorry. No, no, um, no. Death doula is the other term for it. Death doula or okay. You, okay. You can use them interchangeably. Well, you never know anymore. We're not allowed to say anything anymore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, nothing's so correct. Any, no, nothing's <laughs> correct. But um, so going through all that, like to me, in a way, I feel like, you know, people, when you look at your will and you plan your life estate and everything, have mm. someone, you know, that can look at your end of life because it kind of gets you straightened up a little bit. And even if you're going to live 20, 30 years, 40 years from there, at least you kind of have a situation. Plan. Yeah. There. That plan. You know, and so many times I've heard people, um, they say, this is what mom wanted. And then you talk to mom and she goes, oh God, I hate that. You know? Mm -hmm. So, so part of it is actually sitting down. And when I say it goes beyond a directive. So physically, where do you want to be? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be at home in your bed? Do you want to be in a hospital? Do you want to be in a hospice? Do you want to be, um, do you want to be propped up in a bed looking out over an ocean? Like physically, where do you want to be? Um, spiritually, what do you want to have happen? Nancy, you had said, so we, we had kind of had that conversation before. What about the, the priest or the minister? Well, that that's not me. I'm I have my own beliefs that probably yeah. are weird for some, but making sure that whoever that person is has the spiritual comfort that they need. So right. that, that you need, yeah. Have a rabbi or a priest or a nun or a shaman mm. or a Buddhist. Whatever. A shaman, cool. <laughs> yeah, I want them all. A shaman's I wanna, cool. I, I want to make sure like I have all my bets covered. <laughs> kind of joking but yeah like, how many but she wants clear passage man she's gonna have yeah. you know that, that every, really when you transition you have to go to every single line it's, that, it's that so means you have a bunch of toll personal. roads <laughs> but it's it it really is so personal that yeah absolutely and the onus is on the person to think it through before it happens it's really up to the person who is about to make that journey it's not it's not somebody else's responsibility to do everything it's for you can do all the things that have to happen mechanically but you can't do what's inside of the person that's up to them yeah and, and know, that's why they have to get ready talk to someone and and i said so like we were going through all of this and i said so at the end and and she was what I would term a lapsed Catholic. She said, I want a minister to, and it's no longer called the last rites. It's, and I, it's escaping me right now, but it's, it's um, hmm. prayers for the dead. I think it, and that's not the right term anyways, but you have a priest there. And I said, so who's going to call you priest? She said, oh, I haven't gone to church for a while. I don't have a priest I could call. I said, so maybe that's something that we should do. Hmm find out who you could call and what that would entail. So even going down to that, and then, you know, it's being the practical. People say 95% of people said, say that they want to die at home and less than 25% do because you have to make arrangements. Mm. Yeah. What happens because, yeah, because it's, it's a, there's a cleanup crew. I mean, there's the, the real, there's some real stuff that yeah, has to happen. Real that stuff that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this mm -hmm. is, okay. So let's go back to 
the family who thinks what their mom or dad or uncle wants, right? Whereas, you know, everybody has a different relationship, but the person internally knows exactly what they want deep down or hasn't thought about it and needs to think about mm-hmm. it and needs someone to yeah. give the reality I've like you're talking about. It. That's what I'm finding. Well, because nobody talks work. about it. Nobody wants to, like I talk to Nancy, I go, hey, well, we got to check this out on this and that. And she goes, eh. And then I'll, she'll do it to me. I'm like, I don't want to think about you dying in a car crash or anything like that. You know, I don't want, yeah. nobody wants that because that invokes that little nagging fear thing. And fear is worse mm-hmm. when things are not dealt with. Well, it, it, but we're also taught that if you keep thinking about something, you almost push it to become true. Manifest of, but you know what? You yeah. can't manifest not dying. Yeah. You're going to die. We're all going to die. die. That's a reality. There's stupid so events. Here's what you manifest, <laughs> having the beautiful death. And that's what I am all about is let's oh, see? manifest the beautiful yeah. death so that you yeah. are exactly where you want to be, that you are at the age that you want to be at, that you have the people surrounding you that mm. you want to be surrounding you and that that mm. pesky relative or person who thinks that they're a friend um maybe we can keep them outside of the room and that that could be something that I could do so all of those things let's manifest the perfect transition so that you're going holy crap, I see my favorite cousin or aunt or mom or dad or whatever. And I just get to walk over to them because that's the other thing I've heard from so many people. Like one of my friends has attended more than, she's a hospice nurse. So she's attended more than 200 deaths. And some of the miracle, like some of the stuff that happens um, can't be explained absolutely can't be explained and so someone that you know everything from there's a relationship that fractured 30 years before and it was someone that they loved deeply but something happened they got separated by time distance and egos oh that's a big and in that last week all of a sudden they get the phone call from them and say I've just been thinking of you so much like all kinds of things that you can say, oh, well, isn't that a coincidence? But there's all kinds of little miracles that I think that happen to um, one of it, the, it's Yeah, it's I think well, we're all more just connected amazing. than you. That, that, that synchronicity is there if we tap into it. And I think when we're passing, that's, that path is happening that we're more attuned to it. And we start thinking about things. It's like when you think about a friend and then they suddenly call you, you're like, that's weird. Well, you are obviously really thinking of them. Some, I think yeah. we have that extra power and that, or yeah. that sense. Um, and we don't tap into it as much. And the more we stray away from thinking of our life course and, and give into notifications on our phones and things and dongs and, um, you know, I mean, the little bings and bongs, I should say it that way, of notifications that we get derailed. Hustle bustle is not a good thing. There's doing things with um, intent. You know, you can be very busy, but intent on your work and in between your work, be open. When you do things with intentions, other than succumb to the crazy, 
the crazy yeah. doesn't work. I've done that. I've been there and it doesn't work well for a Virgo. I get annoyed and I'm pissy <laughs> and annoying to everybody. So do it, you, the do, intention, the, the intent do, has to be there. And I think that's what, what your work is doing is it's still so connected to trust leadership. Yeah, Someone has to trust really you is. with the end of life, whether they're like, I could come to you now and you say, okay, like, I got to look at this because it's bugging me. What's going to happen to me? Like, do I have to have this set up? What, 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 this is bugging me maybe on a spiritual level. Is that something that people call you on? Hey, you know, I don't know what I believe in, but am, am I going to go to hell? Like do any of that? Do you, what do you, what happens? Oh, ah, you know, like I, haven't, <laughs> I, I haven't been doing it long enough. I bet that that is now, thank you for bringing it up. I, I should prepare myself for that. I used to, um, it's interesting because here in Savannah, I find that um, religion is much more prevalent than it is. Sure. In Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about it. Yeah. And so it, I, I find it really interesting that I'm starting to, because I hear it all the time, I'm starting to understand mm -hmm. where my beliefs are. So would I help someone get to that point? I think I'm good at listening and by listening very deeply, I can ask questions that helps them come to the decision that is right for them. I will not make a decision for a person, but I will mm. listen wholeheartedly and ask the questions that they will be able to say, oh, right, I know what I need to do. Because one of the things that I know is that we all have a deep wisdom that sometimes we're afraid to bring out. And that if someone just allows it, everyone has their own answers, mm. especially when it comes to spirituality. Because, you know, like at the end yeah. of their life, I'm not going to say, okay, well, from what I'm hearing, you did this quiz and I think you're a Buddhist. So well, there's a thing about confirmation. You might have deep-seated beliefs that you don't realize because you don't think about them that often. Yeah. And then when something happens, those beliefs come to the surface and you need confirmation from yeah. other people. There's and that's what I think that we do. We ask the creative questions that allows mm -hmm. people to come up with their own answers. Yeah. So you're like mm -hmm. a life coach then in a way. I'm but an end coach, of life yeah. coach. Yeah, it's like an end <laughs> of life coach. Absolutely. I just don't think people should wait for it, though. No, that, I don't think they should either. I think that that's what I'm thinking. Have it organized. But then mm. it needs to be revised because what might be right for you now, um, Nancy, mm. might not mm. be right for you five years from now. And the same with you, Lisa. Mm. Yeah. What you want in this She moment. still wants rum and coke. Yeah. <laughs> it's a constant so uh, we'll make sure we'll make sure the Coke is nice and cold, ice cubes, good rum. Mm -hmm. Captain yeah, Morgan. So that's all done. Yeah, Captain, Captain Morgan's going with me. Okay. We'll have a little. Yeah, she likes pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we like could pirates. give her a pirate send off. We, oh. oh cool. <laughs> but, but cool. I like the way you say that it is like a party in a way. And some people may not want it. Maybe it's just, I don't want anyone around me. And that's okay. Right? It's, it's, like it really said, depends on your belief of the afterlife, what you think is going to happen next. 
So in New Orleans, and you probably yeah. know this, like in New Orleans when we were there, and if you if you go, you have to tour the cemeteries because they are fabulous. They're oh, I know. I want to go. I want to go then. Do and that. And the tour is really good. But as they're going to like the the funerals down there, as they are walking to the cemetery, it's it's the dirge music. It's like mm. da, da, yeah. yeah, and it's very sad. And once the person has been delivered. Mm. then they have the party and they're dancing and because they mm. have moved to a better place it's a yeah. send-off so, yeah it's the big send-off mm -hmm. so depending on what your beliefs are spiritually mm. then mm. I think it gives people comfort to know that at the end they get to have the party that they want mm. now it's too like the Native Americans they do a dance in different tribes but they all at the end of someone's life and they start while well, the person is obviously critically ill and not expected to live. And they dance always in the circle because their beliefs are circular in that once you start here, you are gonna end up there. You oh, know, wow. so it's, yeah. And so they dance in the circle to say you've done, trying to find the right words, you've done your deal here on earth. Now it's time to go and do it mm -hmm. upstairs, somewhere else. You know, it's time to move on up and do you, whatever it is you're meant to do up there. Yeah. Whether and or not. So and then there's this talks about breaking into the light. And that yeah. I find really interesting that you hear yeah. that theme come over, up, mm -hmm. over and over again, mm -hmm. that yeah. as you cross over, you break into light. Not into yeah. darkness, but into light, which you right. See. I like I, that's much better than I, being put in a box, yeah, and buried under the ground. To me, putting being put in a box and buried underground seems like I don't want to be a box. If I may be buried, yeah, just I know that seems like to me the worst possible thing. I also don't like the idea of being burned, just in case you're, you're gonna wake alive. up. You stand up. Well, no, because there's a whole I thing of people don't. getting out of their coffins too. Uh -uh. So. Well, but you know that, where the term dead ringer came from, right? Well, <laughs> okay. So during the plague, they used to bury people and there was some people had gone into a, a coma and they weren't, they weren't dead. And so oh. they found, you know, um, they wanted to make sure that if someone was buried, but they woke up, they had actually um, a bell a string attached to a bell above ground. And if they woke up in oh the my God. they could ring the bell. And so a dead ringer would say, oh. yeah, so, so. That makes, me, that makes the song ring yeah. my bell like Crazy. a whole other song now. <laughs> That's wow. insane. But, but I mean, they had to do what they had to do back then, right? But That's now they, they you know, they make sure, but things are changing, you know, like there's a, a woman that I talked to last week up in Canada, who's starting a green burial movement. And oh, now that's so cool because embalming puts so many bad chemicals into the earth. Right. And yeah. In order to have a funeral home or a funeral parlor in Canada, I don't know if it's the same in the States. You have to have um, you have to have someone who has um, gone through the whole process, and part of that is you have to learn how to embalm. And we're saying, as part of the green movement, which I believe in, mm -hmm. but I'll let people do what they want. 
why do you need to try and make people look like they're not dead if they're dead? Just is weird to me. So oh, I know the makeup of the way of the dinosaur. Well, did you hear about the, oh, I, I, this is a whole, that would be a whole other show. There's some weird stories about embalming. I'll, I'll stop because there's some people who've been up and they didn't have the money to keep doing it. And there was a bunch of bodies in the funeral home Uh in a, in a school bus, all propped up like weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) Oh God. See, but then if if you were the, if you had a death doula, you would follow up where the body went. Absolutely. And make See? sure the arrangements were done. So everything from now, um, you know, there's, so whatever someone wants, if someone wants um, a Viking funeral pyre, some, I, I, I yeah. do the research. So and she's find a out party planner now too. Where, yeah, absolutely. I find out where you can oh my do that. God. If they want a green burial. And now they have ones where you can actually have your ashes put in so that it helps a tree grow, you know, like you right. I have, I have a friend doing yeah. that. I would, but doesn't this also alleviate the, the family going through a death of a loved one and, you know, families now it was, it used to be the families all in one space and in one village or community. Yeah. Now families are all over the country and around the world and they fly in but now, like, oh, my God, one person ends up tasked with everything. Yeah. And they probably are the one already taking care of Uncle Joe and Auntie Lou and kids. And they are just the caregivers of the family and dumped on and dumped on and dumped on and can barely even think and be human. And I want to give a big shout out to anybody caregiving for anybody. It is one of the hard, hardest roles hard work. in yeah, the world. Absolutely. Hard, hard work, you know. It is. And I think it's overlooked all the time about how hard it is. And families feud over caregiving of their loved ones. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's big divisions. Well, I pay, well, you do the work. Well, it, it gets nasty. And, and I don't think involved in that. No, 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 no. But I think when someone is there to help the person transition, that helps alleviate the drama. Yeah. That that nobody wants around. And the person exiting is like come on wish me good you know send me on my way rest of root great mm-hmm. song send me on my way i wish i could reach out and hold your hand but i can't because i'm transitioning you know that's not the exact words but it is that song and send me on my way um that should be what we should make and a it's playlist not all, it's, it's not <laughs> all um, cool love and romance is wine and roses when someone's passing too a lot of times it brings up a lot of emotion mm-hmm. in the family Sometimes the person who is passing has been a complete a-hole. And so how do you, you know, like there's so much, so much to do. So, so part of it is like as a doula being very present Mm. and giving them peace and the family and kind of um, accepting everybody where they are, maybe stopping Mm. the family. Like i I haven't had to do this. I've talked to friends who have been working as doulas for a lot longer than I have. And they said they've had to stop big fights just before they became fist fights in the room with the person dying. Wow. So wow. You know, like, it's kind of interesting. I kind of went, well, that's kind of scary. I don't know if I'm prepared for that, but you're trained. I'm mm. trained that I hope the training comes through if I ever got into that situation. If well, not, then, you know, I'll have a phone with a quick dial. Mm. 
Well, but I think that's that's mm. it is because it's emotional and family drama yeah. is family drama. It runs deep. And so I think that's, mm. you know, again, somebody else that's neutral. It's like when you have a debate, we watched a movie last night with Robert De Niro. And I don't know what it was called, but it was about the grandkid and the grandfather having a war over bedrooms. Was mm-hmm. in Robert De Niro, Cheech Marin, and what's his name from, uh, oh, come on, I can't not remember his name. Oh, Jane Seymour's in it. And from uh, Back to the Future, Christopher Walken. Oh, okay. And so it was like the old dudes getting together, the younger kids, you know, the young sixth graders, the guy, you know, it was great. It's just a fun, silly movie. And, you know, it, it was just like when you watch that and you started seeing everybody's life parts of being good and bad, that mm. was a good part of it. But these, they, they had a war over bedrooms, the grandfather and the grandson. And he said, well, I was fought in the war. And if you're going to fight in a war, you're going to have rules. And these are the rules. And they had to both sign the rules. Then they had a peace treaty. Did they keep their peace treaty in the end? Well, no. Mm. Um, and anyway, it's a fun little movie. But, but he did talk about that. It's like, there's times mm-hmm. to stop. There's times for peace deals. There's times for stopping the war. And I think, you know, it's interesting. And then they had a peace negotiation and the little granddaughter said she would be the one to hold the meeting because he gave her a cookie. I mean, come on, this is just a fun movie. But I thought this was actually, it goes well with what you're saying in that she was neutral. She is not part of the war. I am neutral. I'm making sure you, it's like a debate, the presidential debates. You have the person hosting the debate. Don't talk to me about the media and all of that because that's not what I mean. But you have a neutral person and that's what you are in this process or yeah. process that you 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 are the neutral person you don't need to get into every dirty detail of a family drama you go with this is what mm-hmm. i'm hired to do and that's that so let's you know, stick yeah. to it. It, it people are on high emotional level when somebody passes whether they hated the person or loved the person or didn't realize what the person meant to them till it was too late. I mean, I went to a funeral once where this lady tried to get in in the grave with the person who had died and was starting to climb into the grave at the funeral site. And it was so shocking that someone would do that, that she realized that that person hadn't had the time or whatever was needed to assimilate or fix the feelings or come to grips what with what was happening yeah. so you, you know and so i think what what you do has a value in helping people it's not it's not only transitioning the transition for the person leaving it is also helping the people about that are connected to the person leaving so that they can also handle it. I I do think that, you know, Lisa, you had talked about earlier that the the work that I did in emotional intelligence and trust, and it's so, I really feel that that helps with some of the work that I'm doing as a doula, because as you said, Nancy, people need to be able to sit with really intense emotions 
Mm-hmm. And if they're not able to, then they don't have that closure. And you have, perhaps you have that situation where mm-hmm. because she hadn't had someone help her deal with that very right. intense emotion, she was to that oh, point okay. where she wanted to crawl in, you know? So, yeah. so all of those things, um, we talked about the next show where, you know, some of the work that I do, people can do for themselves. Mm-hmm we get to do that again at, at the next show. But, you know, I want people to understand how important it is to just think about, start thinking about what is it that you want? And for a lot of us, for most of us, we get to live. And so what does it look like to live your best life before you have to plan for your best life? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's important to think of. That's why I was saying this whole thing. I'm like, yeah, I mean, and a lot of us just don't want to think of it. Yeah. We don't. But that's not fair to our kids. It's not no. fair to our spouses. It's not fair to our family, our friends, our colleagues to do that. So it's a good thing to think about. And honestly, I mean, there's such good things out there too to read about, like people that have crossed over and come back. It's crazy cool stuff. So that's a rabbit hole. I encourage people, if you're worried about it, get into people that have gone through the other side and come back. I don't know if it's all true, but it's it's fun. <laughs> it's yeah. fun because it sounds like a good time on the other side. I'm just saying everybody didn't even want to come back, but apparently we're told you're coming back. Yeah. But and I don't know if it's so that there is someone who wants to hold your hand at the end of life. I'm living okay. in a property where there is one person and I I can't imagine that there's at this point anyone who wants to hold her hand and I think that's so sad because why all of us I I don't know anyone who goes yeah "Yeah, when I leave I want to be by myself I want to be in a closet and they don't find my yeah you know I think I think there's that whole thing that we want to know that we've made a difference that we left with love, or at least that's mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what is it that you want people to say about you? I think it's especially important for those who are incarcerated, you know, yeah. that they have that help too. I know that the clergy gets involved with that, but I think, you know, there's so many people that um, are imprisoned for such long terms and they didn't mean to do what they did. And there's obviously some people that are complete villains and really bad. And then there's a weird reason that makes them do that stuff. There's a mental health. When you think about crime, there's a a lot of times there's a, there's a reason you can't help if you're born a psychopath. Right. So I feel like even though they can do so many horrendous things and kill people and do these horrendous, horrendous things, they didn't ask to be born that way. And so somewhere we have to have some little ounce of compassion somewhere. It's very difficult because they do such cruel and brutal things. And Nancy, you you know, her brother was murdered. And how do we have compassion for the person that murdered him? It's very difficult to cross. He's like, nope, it's very difficult. But, But he didn't get up and he wasn't born saying, I want to be that way. So what do you do? What do you do? as that person, as a family, and we have the death penalty in this country in certain states. So 
at that same point, like there is a lot of mixed weird mm -hmm. stuff, emotional stuff when it comes to death and passing mm -hmm. and how you pass. Do you want someone to burn an elf really? Yeah. You know, and, and maybe so. That's up to other everybody's way of belief, you know? Yeah. You know, when you and say people come back, I would like to know or believe that people who do things like the man who murdered my brother for no reason at all doesn't get to come back ever. Done. Yeah. So Full that's stop. so she's like, that's it, it's well, over. Well, There's then no cleaning up the gene pool, as you might. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah well don't let that violence come back yeah, yeah. that's it. exactly there, because there's something yeah. wrong that, there's something wrong but don't let it come back yeah that person maybe if he had a different upbringing or different chemical makeup wouldn't have done that so you know i don't know yeah. something makes people do crime. i'm not saying that they shouldn't be put away because there's people do need to be away from people if they're going to cause harm. I'm just saying there's something there. And when they go and it, it affects people, everything like that. affects. Well, that's people. why the, the law has um, there's a difference between if you harm someone, murder someone out of an instant fury and the emotions got the best of you. There's a lesser term in prison mm -hmm. or whatever happens so to you premeditated or as a, as someone who yeah. planned it out when somebody plans yeah. it out the the term of imprisonment is way longer mm -hmm. for a good reason but then but then i go there's like, something weird what made yeah. them still be like that there's something chemically wrong yeah i think so mm -hmm. so do you deal with that kind of thing with no. With maybe the families well on the no. victim side no i don't if, honestly no. i don't i think that's such a i think that is so far out of what i would come into contact with and i have the i have the i can decide who i want to take as a client yeah i don't feel that i would be the best qualified person to deal with that so mm -hmm. i i won't be dealing with that because i don't feel like i'm qualified mm -hmm. as i think you need really uh, deep psychological knowledge in order to deal with something like that. Okay. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I think I have brushed the treetops of psychology, but I'm not a psychologist. Mm -hmm. I've taken yeah. a lot of courses. I've taken emotional intelligence courses. I've taken lots of trust courses and yada, 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 and everything from um, emotional CPR and on from there, but certainly not qualified to deal with anyone who is that psychologically damaged but we're can such I, can I, go, go ahead go ahead go yeah, ahead I was just gonna say because I know we don't have a lot of time I I just mm -hmm. wanted to um dedicate this my cousin who I grew up with um passed two nights ago oh uh, Garrigs mm -hmm. and Susan oh. Bales was a beautiful woman who mm -hmm. was had um six sisters and a brother and a beautiful close family and mm -hmm. i know that um at the end she was surrounded with love and nice. had all of the things that i think are really important so this is just perfect timing for me to talk about this because at the mm -hmm. end of her life i know that the legacy that she left with her children and with her husband and with her brother and her sisters was one of love and oh, what a legacy. Nice. 
Nice. That's awesome. Can we dedicate it to Tina Turner too? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We got to give a shout out to Tina Turner. She left man. such a yeah. beautiful legacy. One of that, I mm. thought of you when she passed. I mm. thought you talked about legacy professionally and personally in the last couple of episodes. I was like, what a legacy. You can't beat that mm. legacy. You know, I mean, it's, that's a, le- you, you know, and it's mm. not about competition and legacy, right? But I'm just going like, that was a legacy. And it will, Tina will be with us forever, you know? And I think that's that thing. Um, but last question real quick, because we did go the gamut, right? On, on <laughs> passing, but I wanted to ask this one thing. So there's a lot of death in life, obviously, and families that are not prepared when stuff happens and someone, you know, passes abruptly uh, for all kinds of reasons. It natural to suicide, to bad things. Um, do you help families like that when they're trying, like suddenly someone dies, no one's prepared. Somebody may be younger, you know, could be a kid all the way till midlife to just, we're not prepared. Would you help them get it together? Basically. I would refer them to somebody else. I would refer them okay. to a grief counselor because as a death doula, I help the transition, but okay. A lot of the work that you're talking about would be a really experienced grief counselor or a psychologist who is used to dealing with those issues. Okay. So you're directly with the person. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had to get, I had to clear all bases here, get to all of it. Well, thank you so much. Lise, Lee, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Everyone, Lee's website for this is souljourneydoula.com. Also for the trust architect, go to thetrustarchitect.biz. All the links are in the show notes, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Lee is here every third Thursday. Thank you so much, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Bye, Nancy. Good to see you again. Thank you. Good to see you.